you know that well, at least once upon a time you knew that there was a very good chance you might hear something that offended you. It might have been funny, but it probably would have offended you because part of the entire thing about comedy is pushing buttons. And when I say offended you, yeah, I'm not necessarily talking about guys using F-bombs, although sure they do that. But I'm saying they may have talked about a topic that made you uncomfortable, even though it was funny or, or, or dug a knife a little bit into something that you hold sacred because those sometimes are the things that can be funny. Things that people don't really want to necessarily talk about issues that you can find that you can have someone, a really bright person, man or woman, find a way to make something funny about and point out the inanity of it. Well, Mark Breslin, the creator of Yuck Yucks, just the other day was talking in the Toronto Star, and he says stand-up comedy has gotten really, really soft because, he says, people are now calling out, Say groups are saying we should have healthy humor. Here was his quote about healthy humor. He says, healthy humor, that's like a sober orgy. Who wants that? He laughed. Humor is a way of dealing with your mental sickness in a very positive way. You don't have to know what the target is. So you have to know what the target is. Every joke has a target. And if it doesn't have a clearly defined target, it comes off as mushy. Well, this is interesting because this follows in the footsteps of Jerry Seinfeld, who probably a month or two ago announced that he was not going to be doing any more shows on university campuses because, well, political correctness had run amok and it had become impossible to talk about anything without everybody being offended and getting all bent out of shape about all kinds of stuff. So, has comedy suffered a fatal blow by us and our oversensitivity to everything? Well, joining me to talk about it, guy who you've known forever from Comedy at Club 54, and also as the host of the Ben Guyatt Show, aptly named, since he is Ben Guyatt, Sunday nights at 9 here on 900 CHML, that would be the very own Ben Guyatt. How are you, Ben? I'm doing very well, Scott. How are you tonight? I am doing okay. Let's um, let's start with this as the uh, the main question of the day, right from the top. Has political correctness killed comedy? Uh, I wouldn't say it's killed it, but it certainly hasn't helped it. It's, um, you know, I think what's happening here, Scott, is that uh, people over the age of say, I don't know, forty five or fifty, uh, they don't mind if it's a little racy or politically incorrect. But it's everybody under the age of 45 that has this agenda when they go to a comedy club. They have a political agenda. And I mean that in the sense that you better not say anything untoward about uh, a race, uh, religion, creed, whatever, because they, they'll just fold their arms. They won't even heckle you. They'll just give you the dirty look or get up and walk out. So, so Mr. Breslin, uh, he's right when he says what he says. But I would say it's it's for the younger crowd, like the, the 19 to 45. Those are the people that are the problem. But, Ben, is it, when you say that you can't say anything about race or religion or, in some cases, politics, is it across the board? Or is it that you can only poke fun at the politically accepted things in race? So you could make fun of Christians, you could maybe make fun of Jews, but you'd better not make fun of Muslims. Or you could make fun of... Um, uh, take your pick. You could make fun of a certain race, but certainly not of another race. I, I, is it a? Is it still? Is it a political correctness thing that some are still fair game, but others aren't? Yeah, kind of. You know what it is. There, there was always a golden rule, and it's not so much a golden rule anymore, Scott. And that is this: uh, Let's say you're a black comedian, then you can make all the black jokes you want. 
But if you're a Caucasian comedian, that is uh, out of bounds. And uh, political correctness started uh, quite a while ago that made that golden rule. But I'll give you an example of what happened about three weeks ago at Comedy Club 54. I made a joke, and I'll just, I'll just paraphrase the joke, that about the Syrian refugees, you know, we have, what, a thousand of them in Hamilton. And everybody you could see in the audience tensed up. Whereas, you know, 15, 20 years ago, nobody would have cared. They'd wait for the punchline. So basically, the punchline was, you know, is anybody worried that one of those refugees could be an ISIS member? And there was actually a few people who said yes. And I said, don't worry about it, because they'll take one look at Burlington Street, and they'll realize these people have been through enough. Now, that got, you know, it got some applause. It got a couple <laughs> of chuckles. And, but a lot of people, Scott, were very offended by that and told me so after the show. But you know who wasn't offended? A Muslim gentleman from Morocco who had emigrated to Canada, and he said, that was fantastic. Why don't you do more of that stuff? And, and I had to tell him, because generally the people that are offended the most are, are Christian Caucasians, believe it or not. They're the ones that seem to have the problem speaking. They think they speak on behalf of of all races and all creeds and all religions, and, and they don't. And I thought that was a perfect example of how political correctness has gotten so out of whack that, you know, there's a segment of the 45 under uh, white Christians that are offended for everybody. It's, you know what I mean? It's preemptive offense. We're, we're getting offended in anticipation of someone being offended. Pardon me? It's preemptive offense. We're, we're being offended in advance of someone being offended because we expect that that's what's going to happen. So we'll get in front of this one for you. Yeah, it, it, you know what? You've got to be so careful with what you say or do uh, and how you say it now because there's always somebody waiting in the weeds to take offense. It's almost like a full-time job for some of these comedy club patrons. That that is actually, I think, one of the reasons they go is so that they can complain about it later, if you can believe that. But there's truth in that. So why have the comedians stopped? Because, And I say that quite honestly, because there was a time when comedians, in a lot of cases, George Carlin comes to mind, Richard Pryor comes to mind, guys who were willing to take a verbal bullet, uh, who were willing to stand up there and say things that were shocking. Why have comedians now pulled away from that or have they have they now gotten a little gun shy of this and said it's just not worth it for me to to do this kind of routine yeah absolutely that is what happened i would say that uh of the comedians i see and let's you know face it most comedians come from the toronto area um those guys they're all young they're all this they label themselves progressive youth believe it or not they really do and their idea of stand-up comedy now is not edgy uh, it's not uh, insulting, because stand-up comedy can be insulting. Um, their whole agenda now, Scott, is to, to dance very carefully on the politically correct sense, and so a lot of their jokes are not really jokes. They're more of a, uh, their views on politics, their views on Muslims, their views on Christians. There really isn't a punchline. Uh, they're more animated and concerned with what kind of grunge t-shirt they're wearing as opposed to concentrating on the material and when i saw that george carlin who was i believe the greatest stand-up comedian there ever was when he was booed off stage by twenty thousand people 
because he was making jokes about abortion. I knew stand-up comedy right down there was, you know, uh, it was on the downward flight, and it's kind of been that way ever since. Mark Breslin uh, actually shares a lot of what you said. He says there are still funny people, but they don't want to take on issues now. It used to be that you could take on an issue, and you just referred to one with uh, with George Carlin, that it's now observational stuff. It's slice of life. It's it's little quippy things. And it's, so when you go and listen to a comedian, you may not walk away with a different perspective on something like you might have, but what you, you'll have a laugh. They're, they can still be funny, but you're not you're getting a, a lighter fare of, of laughter. Yes, that's true. And you're also seeing... A lot of these young comedians seem to think it's hilarious. Uh, you know, they've got a joke about that they were walking their dog in the park. Uh, and it's all based on this life experience. And they're only in their 20s. They don't have any life experience. <laughs> Whereas the older comedians, like the George Carlin's, the Buddy Hackett's, you know, uh, even Johnny Carson, another one of my favorites. These guys, they there's a seed of truth in every joke. At least there used to be. And that seed of truth was embellished to make it funny. And today, that seed of truth cannot be touched because it is sacred. And if you do touch it, you're considered intolerant, a bigot, a racist. And so that is the damage that's been done to what was really one of the few art forms left that was honest and truthful. And stand-up comedy has now joined the ranks of... Uh, let's say uh, the minutia of, of a daytime soap opera, or or the social, where a bunch of women sit around and talk about you know what the latest fashion is. The stand-up comedy today is not offensive. It's not edgy. It's not racy, and you don't learn anything. All you seem to learn about is these comedians and their hack lives they live that they think is funny, but my cat wouldn't think was funny. Well, but you just you said the word a second ago that I think is central to this whole discussion, and that is sacred. That there are certain things now that we are required, that comedians are required to hold sacred. And, and I'm not suggesting for a second, uh, Ben, that we should go out of our way necessarily to offend or to shock simply for the purpose of offending or shocking. Enough people do that, and it doesn't necessarily take a lot of talent to be able to do that. You can do a lot of different things just to offend or shock people. But there definitely are sacred cows now that would not necessarily have been there before that occasionally could use a good poking that people are afraid to walk anywhere near now. (laughs) That's true, and there's something else about that, Scott, what you say. That is, you'll notice, when you go to a comedy club now, uh, like I'm a people watcher, and I always watch the crowd before I hit the stage to, to try and figure out what it is I'm dealing with. Are they are they uptight? Uh, are they in a good mood? Because an audience is generally as nervous as you are because they want to laugh with you or at you. But today's crowds, like I said, not only do they have agenda, an agenda when they go to a club, but they all look at each other, total strangers. They're judging each other on on whether they should find it funny or not because they don't want to offend people within the audience. And I, it's true. It used to be the rule with corporate gigs. You know, if I go do a gig for IBM, you know, it's got to be clean. It can't be racy whatsoever. And the people don't laugh. If they see their boss laugh, then they'll laugh. Right, yep. That same sickness has now infected a normal Friday, Saturday comedy club, where even the crowd judges themselves 
not only the comedian. And there's something wrong with that. Well, my favorite part of this whole story, Ben, is that when Jerry Seinfeld made his comment about this, and it was it was part of a long interview. I can't, I can't remember who it was with, uh, GQ magazine or ESPN or something. He was talking about anyway. Um, so he said, you know what, I, can't, I won't do shows on college campuses now because the students at university are so sensitive and they get so easily offended. Well, what ends up happening is Salon Magazine ends up writing a screed from a student going on and on about how offended he was, saying, we don't get offended, not realizing the irony of the whole thing that he was doing was just proving exactly what Jerry Seinfeld was saying. Um, and, and but the the underlying point of this was he said, and you touched on this. He goes, "We want to laugh. We want to have good humor, but it's got to be progressive humor. It's got to fit in with what we're thinking." Yeah, this this progressive youth thing. Uh, I, I don't know where that comes from. Is this part of the Bernie Sanders movement? I don't know what it is. It's like a standard comedian audiences have turned into communists and socialists. It doesn't make any sense to me. But I like Seinfeld. Not that I'm him. But I I will not play, and I've turned down many, I will not play university and college campuses anymore because the last time I did, I played a major major university, and the money's great, Scott. I mean, it's fantastic. Corporate money, university money, that's great. But in front of 4,000 students, I made a joke uh, about male genitalia. That got booed and hissed. And, you know, not funny, shouts of not funny. Then about five minutes later, some drunk kid in the front row started, you know, he was he was heckling, not me, he was heckling somebody in the audience. And I stopped the show and said, what's so funny? He said, oh, we were just talking about, you know, some funny stages of cancer. <laughs> and I thought, so let me get this straight. A male genitalia joke from a professional stand-up comedian offends you. But a, a third-year law degree student uh, makes a joke about cancer, and it's funny. So that's when I, why I say there's like a, a communist socialist slant to audiences now. It's because they cherry-pick what they find is funny, even, even if it's more offensive than what the professional is saying. So that's why, again, I come back to they have an agenda. They always have a, a specific agenda when they go to a club, and it is 99% of the time, it is people under the age of 45 that have that agenda. It's, uh, it, is, it is sad that, um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fan, I'll be honest, Ben, I'm not a fan of just going and having people just offend for the sake of offending. That's not what it's about. And, and, and right. as I say, that takes no talent. I could do that right now if I wanted to and be a talentless hack and just offend everybody listening and you would say, oh, wow, I'll remember that. Well, whatever. I'm not a fan of that, but it's sad to me that we seem to have so many people who have not, who are, who are unable now to just laugh at something and then decide, you know what? It, yeah, it was just a joke. It was just a joke. And there are things that are over the top. I'm not arguing. When Michael Richards from Kramer from Seinfeld did his thing that got him in trouble, calling a guy in the crowd the N-word, it was over the top. It was, uh, it was unnecessary. It was wrong. It was stupid. But not everything has to offend us. That's true. And uh, what you just said there reminds me of, you know, you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. In my humor, when I go on stage, if I'm doing a, a politically correct set, you know, it'll be all, it won't be all knock-knock jokes, but it'll be, you know, it'll be some clever stuff I've written or whatever. But the fun stuff is off the cuff, a little racy, 
And I laugh at myself. I can be self-deprecating, and I can also laugh at members in the audience for for something they said or something they did or something they're wearing that is outrageous. That is just fun. And at the end of the night, people know it's just it's good, not so clean fun sometimes. Sometimes it's pretty blue. But the people that leave a club, a comedy club, whether it is a club or a corporate, if they leave and they're miserable, that's generally the kind of person that can't laugh at themselves. And if they can't be happy in their own lives, then they don't want anybody else to be happy in their own lives. And that's why I watch body language at a comedy club. Because if I see young couples, you know, they're laughing, their they're, they're feet are tapping to the, the pre-show music, they've, they've had a couple of drinks, you know everything's going to be fine. But when you sit there and you look at them and their arms are crossed and they're looking at their watch, you know that they have an agenda. And those people always have a tendency to sit in the front row. Ben Guyot, always appreciate listening to you. Ben, your show is on 9 o'clock on Sundays here on CHML, or they can get you at Club 54. Thanks for doing this tonight. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it.